In the same way as at the beginning of a new calendar year, it is also customary at the beginning of Lent to make resolutions, which on the one hand would show our devotion to God and on the other hand, help us improve our lives. Both of these motives are perfectly good if the attempt to improve one's life does not turn into an attempt to buy off God and become a reason to consider oneself a better person than others. What are the resolutions and promises we make at the beginning of Lent? I am sometimes asked how one should fast properly. Does fasting mean not eating at all? Or are there certain foods that we must give up during Lent? There are different fasting customs But in our tradition of the Western Church, the rules of fasting are actually quite simple. You have to eat less than usual, limiting yourself to one full meal a day, and refrain from eating meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. That's it. But that's not the most important part of fasting. Regarding true fasting, God says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. True fasting and true devotion to God means the willingness to give up something, to give something away, not just to give away something you don't need, but something that requires self-denial to give it away. So it may even hurt you. Thus, fasting has an even greater purpose than simply urging us to give up something and to take care of our neighbors with what we give up. Fasting is like training. Through fasting, we prepare ourselves for such situations that require us to make a real, perhaps even complete, self-sacrifice. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our example here. We, we heard in today's Gospel how he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights at the beginning of his public ministry, and then had to face the temptations of the devil. There were three temptations. In the first, the devil tried to tempt Jesus 
through his basic bodily needs. In the second, the devil offered him glory and fame. And in the third, wealth and power. All these temptations were designed to entice Jesus to abandon self-denial and to seek shortcuts to achieve his goals. However, we know that things do not work like that in God's world. One of the steadfast rules of God's world is that everything truly great must begin small. And another similar rule is that everything really strong needs to be tempered. Do you notice the similarity between these two words, to tempt and to temper? Both of these verbs come from the Latin root ten, which means to stretch or to tighten. Here we find the answer to the question, why God allows temptations? He allows them in order to strengthen and temper us through them. To stretch and tighten us, figuratively speaking, so that we come out of them stronger than we were before and better prepared for the real challenges. What are these real challenges? As strange as it may sound, the greatest challenge is to live in truth and righteousness, regardless of what it may entail. It means always choosing good over evil and speaking the truth over the lie. This is what it means to live as a truly free person. I remember a song that was popular in Estonia nearly 40 years ago. It still was the time of Soviet occupation. The name of the song was The Teacher, and its lyrics go as follows. Please forgive my poor translation. Teacher, as old as the hills, his time was up. He spoke words as gold, deep as a well. He was a thin and quiet man, meek and stern. A fire burned in his eyes, the grace burned in his soul. He served a simple and great truth. He dared to be and remained who he was, an honest and free man. He spoke in plain language about the freedom, nothing else. Many were angry when they heard him saying, if you are free, you can walk upright. If you are free, you can be who you are. If you are free, you can walk upright. Dare to be who you are.
I don't know who was the teacher this song is about, but I like to think that since the word teacher in Estonian means not only a school teacher, but also a priest or a pastor, it could have been one of those old priests who, through the Soviet occupation, preserved the true ideal of freedom and passed it on to young people like me. If you allow me, I will give you an example of true human greatness and freedom in the midst of a true trial. It's an excerpt from a report of the Soviet security, the NKVD, on the interrogation of an Estonian priest who was arrested in November 1944. In his memories, he describes the day of his arrest as follows. On the night of November 16, 1944, I dreamed that the tower of the St. Elizabeth Church in Pärnu was broken. I had a funeral during the day. After that, I went to a sick old man who wanted the Holy Communion. In the evening, I was picked up by security and asked to come along. It won't take much time, said the man in uniform politely. The priest returned home 12 years later, after several prisons and Siberian labor camps. The excerpt from the interrogation protocol is as follows. The NKVD officer, what was your occupation before you were arrested? The priest, I was a clergyman. The NKVD officer, why hasn't your God protected you? I don't believe in God, but I have everything I want. The priest, God is keeping an eye on you and others like you through me. The NKVD man, how? The priest, you are here and cannot do evil elsewhere. However, if you want to repent, I'm here for you. This priest did not let anyone scare him. He didn't deny the truth or his faith. He was ready to suffer and even die, knowing that it could and did bring suffering not only to himself, but also to his family, who too were arrested and sent to Siberia. And in spite of all the injustice and evil that befell him, he retained the generosity even towards his persecutors. Freedom does not mean that we can do whatever we want. True freedom is when we consciously and intentionally do what is good and right, even when we may be punished for it. 
just as it has always happened in all totalitarian societies. Because those who have given themselves to the service of lies and evil cannot tolerate those who live in truth and righteousness. I'll say it again. Our loyalty to truth and righteousness will come true where standing firm for truth and righteousness may mean punishment or even death for us. This was the lot of Christ in this world, and it is also the lot of his followers. St. Paul says in today's epistle that we must remain faithful to God in all things, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. This is what the Lent is about. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.